Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. I really love juicing, greens, and superfoods, but I just don't have the time these days. And that's why I love Organifi Green Juice. It has 11 superfoods for resetting the body and feeling amazing. Some of my favorites that are in there are Moringa. Moringa has been an important part of Ayurvedic medicine for over 4,000 years. It's been nicknamed the miracle plant for its ability to nourish and fight disease. It's loaded with vitamins, minerals, all the essential amino acids and antioxidants. It's referred to as nature's most perfect multivitamin. That is in the Organifi Green Juice. It also has ashwagandha, 600 milligrams, which is the clinical dose used in most studies on ashwagandha. That is a powerful Ayurvedic herb that's known to help decrease cortisol and help balance your stress hormones. This really helps give you resilience to stress, and it's also very important for weight management. When your cortisol levels are off, your blood sugar is going to be out of whack, your insulin is going to be out of whack, you're going to tend to store more fat. So getting your cortisol balanced helps you feel better, more energized, and helps promote weight management. This also has chlorella, which is one of the best things for helping pull heavy metals and other toxins out of your body. It is a single cell green freshwater algae, very alkalizing and detoxifying on your body. The Organifi Green Juice also has spirulina, beets, turmeric, mint, wheatgrass, lemon, and coconut water. It really just takes 30 seconds, no, sh- no shopping, chopping, juicing, or blending. It's 100% USDA certified organic. It tastes great. It's got like a nice minty taste to it. So basically what I do is I just take a scoop, put it in water, and drink that. And I typically drink this either before my lunch or right after my lunch to help give me all day energy, really support great energy throughout the day. Guys, you can check this out. Just go to Organifi.com forward slash drjockers. Use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to save 20% on this product. Again, Organifi Green Juice to really energize you, to help your body detoxify, and to give you better stress support. You guys are going to love this product. So check it out, Organifi.com forward slash DRJOCKERS. Use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to save 20%. Hey friends, this podcast is actually an interview that I did a few years ago for a project I worked on called the Keto Edge Summit. The Keto Edge Summit was basically where I interviewed, I think it was like 36, 40 of the top keto experts in the world. We talked about all things keto. We talked about how to get the best results out of the diet. We talked about biohacking strategies to do to help improve your digestive system, to help improve your brain health, your energy, and really get the most out of life. And so this interview is with one of my good friends who is an expert in many different areas. And you'll see as we, as we dive into this topic just uh, just how deep we go and the quality of the content that you get. And so just a reminder, this is uh, roughly, you know, this is, I think I did these interviews in like 2017, 2018, so a few years old, but uh, the content is just as relevant and uh, I know that it will make a difference in your life. So you will enjoy this content 
And uh, if you wouldn't mind just leaving us a rating or review, your reviews really, really count. They mean the world to us and they help us get seen by more people. So if you just go to your Apple iTunes player and uh, rate us and leave a review, that will really help us uh, just be able to help more people and get this information out to the masses. Thank you for doing that and enjoy the podcast. Welcome everybody to the Keto Edge Summit where we are dispelling the myths helping you overcome the hurdles and empowering you to improve your brain and your body through the ketogenic lifestyle. I'm your host, Dr. David Jockers, and I'm really excited about our guest, Leanne Vogel. And Leanne is an ultra-passionate nutrition educator, and we're going to ask her really what that means, being ultra-passionate, um, and she is, though, uh, host of the Keto Diet Podcast, which is an incredible podcast that I listen to, ranked number three in fitness nutrition number 10 in all health podcasts and iTunes in the US and Canada. So anytime you're ranked with all this other competition that's out there, uh, it tells you that she's putting out great content. Four-time best-selling author, including national bestseller, international bestseller, and the largest keto resource on YouTube. So I know I go through YouTube all the time and I find her videos. And they're so helpful. And she's got this great uh, her first paperback book right here, you guys can see that. It's the complete guide to a high-fat diet. It's called The Keto Diet, A Complete Guide to a High-Fat Diet. And uh, more than 125 delectable recipes and five meal plans to shed weight, heal your body, and regain confidence. It's a fantastic book. I would highly recommend it to anybody that's listening to this summit and is really looking to go deeper with that with the ketogenic diet and get really good recipes as well and so our topic today bringing leanne on is keto for women because we know a lot of women are confused when it comes to ketogenic diet and women have obviously unique hormone balance compared to men and so she's going to really dive into that and so leanne welcome to the keto edge summit so excited to have you wow thanks for the amazing introduction Dr. Absolutely. Well, tell us your story and how you found keto and really got going with this and, and, and how you became such an ultra passionate nutrition educator. Yeah, well, the ultra passion came from the fact that when I did find keto, it worked. And then I got really pissed that <laughs> I hadn't found it sooner. I studied nutrition back in 2007. And when I was at school, I learned that hormonal birth control is not so great for your body. So I decided to go off of it. And I didn't get a period for quite some time. And I went to doctors and they said, well, do you want kids? And I said, no, I'm in my 20s. I do not want kids. And they said, well, what's the big deal? And that became my thing of like, okay, I don't have my period. I'm in my mid twenties. Like, who cares? This is great. I can swim whenever I want. I can wear white pants whenever. Um, so it was quite a natural thing for me. I didn't really care uh, until I was training for a triathlon and I needed to build up a lot of muscle very quickly. And my coach put me on a muscle gain program. It wasn't working. And she just said, when was your last period? And I'm counting on my fingers six and a half years. And she's like, uh, Leon, that's a problem. So that got me interested in trying to figure out my hormones at the time. I was mostly a plant-based, um, eater. I, I resonated very well with like the vegan eating style. Uh, I started incorporating just a little bit of fish once in a while um, to boost up my protein. I was starting to react to different types of vegan based proteins. Um, and so I started going to doctors. They basically said the same thing. Who cares? Uh, I ended up finding an endocrinologist that put me on hormone replacement therapy, not bioidentical, just the hormone replacement therapy. And I gained a lot of weight very quickly. My moods went nuts. I craved sugar. Like I couldn't go through the day without pounding donuts. Like it was that bad. And so I went to a naturopathic doctor about 27 pounds heavier than I was two months ago. And I just said like, this isn't working. I need help. And she recommended a low carb diet. And as an athlete, I was thinking there's no way I can train to the level that I'm training about four to five hours a day without carbohydrates. That's not possible. Uh, just so happened when my girlfriends had started eating keto, uh, I checked that out and thought, you know what? What's the worst that can happen? I'm just going to try keto for 30 days, see if it can help my hormones. Um, and within 30 days, I had lost 12 pounds 
8% body fat. Um, I went off my ADHD medications. I stopped craving sugar. Like there were all these things happening um, and all these changes um, that were happening quite quickly. And so that really became my, my goal of just how far can I take this keto thing? And I had been following a lot of the protocols that were put out by men. And unfortunately, over the first six months of eating keto, I stumbled a lot. <laughs> because although I was losing the weight, my hormones weren't necessarily getting better. I was then struggling with a little bit of carb binges. Like I would go days um, eating keto and then just be obsessed with carbohydrates. So there were little things. So it took me adjusting the ketogenic diet to finally get my hormones back online. And after I did that, I got my period back and I've been ovulating, menstruating, all of the things now for two years. Yeah, two years awesome. last October. Awesome. So now normal, healthy cycles, which is fantastic. And yeah. you know, obviously a sign of good health. And, uh, you know, that's interesting that you said, hey, you found all of these different keto meal plans, which were put together by men, and you were trying to follow by the rules, right? By the yes. rule book. And you had a level of success, but then it started to plummet. And I see that often with a lot, a lot of people, especially women. And so tell us why you think, you know, a ketogenic diet, why was it so effective for you at first? Mm. But then why did those results start to wane? Yeah. So I think for many women, um, when we go toward a high fat diet, where we see the most benefit is because we're eating fat. So many of us have been dieting for so long. Um, I used to cook my vegetables with water and thought it was a great thing. So, you know, keto is high fat and signs that you probably need more fat or you're eating too low fat. Um, being addicted to sugar. So keto will control your blood sugar. Um, uncontrollable weight gain. Um, keto will help to reduce weight because of the blood sugar regulation and a bunch of other things. Uh, lack of period or wonky hormones is another sign that you're not eating enough fat. And keto can help balance leptin, insulin, cortisol, um, cholesterol. And it can help with post-meal bloat, um, less food is fermenting in your digestive system and the foods you are eating aren't as um, aggravating to the gut. So these are some of the things that women and even men experience pretty much off the bat of starting to eat keto. Like I know after about five days, my sugar cravings were just about nil. <laughs> so yeah. to be able to have that is really great. But I think the reason or the way that people kind of are women specifically kind of um, don't experience the same results as men is because men have a 24-hour hormone cycle. So every day that they wake up, you know, at 9 a.m. is pretty much the same 9 a.m. yesterday as it will be tomorrow. But for women, because of our complicated hormone systems, you know, our tomorrow is going to be different than our yesterday that's different than today, um, just with where we are in our cycle. And when I started to kind of map out when I naturally crave more protein, more carbohydrates, it really aligned with my cycle. So if you have a balanced cycle, you may find that when you ovulate, you require just a little bit more protein. Um, or a couple of days before you menstruate, you may find that you need a couple more carbohydrates. And just knowing this uh, and adjusting your ketogenic diet to fit that can be really beneficial. Another thing that I see a lot of my clients and people that read the blog at Healthful Pursuit um, is that they eat exactly how their husband or partner eats and they expect the same results. So, mm. you know, uh, my husband can fast all day, no problem. Every day, he just doesn't eat breakfast, lunch, sometimes he even skips dinner. I can't do that. If I do that, guaranteed my cycle will be off that month. I will yeah. be late. It will come early. I will get spotting. One of those three things. Um, so it's just being mindful of our cycle and adjusting our macronutrients to fit our cycle. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. I mean, that's so important. So we know that like as estrogen goes up, we know basically insulin helps drive estrogen. So there's periods of time during the cycle, like before we actually, uh, before we have our period where we're building up that that uterine lining where we need extra estrogen. So it makes sense that we might need some extra carbohydrates at that period of time. And your body was telling you, you were getting those sugar cravings, particularly yes. in that period of time. Yeah. So exactly. why not just have a touch of carbs? And I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about how to do that and still stay keto, right. but it's not, it's not an all or nothing thing. And that's really how yeah. I started keto of like, 
I do it this way or I don't do it at all. And I've become really passionate about the fact that actually that's not how it works for a lot of us. So let's play around and dance on the edge of this ketogenic space so that we can feel good and also heal our bodies at the same time. Yeah. We got to really listen to our bodies. You know, everybody's unique. And so and that's really what you've done in order to customize your unique approach. And so why do you think a lot of women are skeptical about the ketogenic diet and lifestyle? Yeah. So I, I, coming from my experience, when I first heard about keto and started looking at the pictures and the food that people were eating, I mean, it's terrifying. You, we, For a very long time, maybe your entire life, you've been told that um, fat makes you fat that fat clogs your arteries, dietary cholesterol raises cholesterol, that fat has no nutrients. Um, So when you hear these things and then you hear somebody say, well, just eat a ton of fat, usually what people picture is a lot of cheese, a lot of dairy, um, a lot of fast food. That seems to be a thing of like the keto fast food, but no, 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 no. Um, What we want to kind of think of and what I kind of focused on when I first started keto coming from a low fat vegan eating style to then eating bacon every day was increasing dietary fat consumption keeps you satiated. So if you've ever tried this, I mean, anyone can try this if you're not eating keto right now, start tomorrow with a high fat breakfast and see how long you can go without needing to eat. So maybe tomorrow you have bacon and eggs. And then the next day, try having a bowl of oatmeal with banana on it and see how far you can go. And you'll be amazed at how much more satiated, uh, how reduced your hunger cravings uh, will be, which will probably likely lead to less overeating and binging. Um, Increasing dietary fat consumption reduces blood sugar and insulin levels, which we already chatted about. And by increasing dietary fat and reducing carbohydrates, the need for insulin in your body is reduced. So this can lead to stable, maintained blood sugar and a bunch of other awesome things. So I think a lot of women hear high fat and they think I'm going to gain weight, but what they don't put together is it's actually really hard for our bodies to overeat fat because it's so satiating. And Um, you know, when I first got started, I was thinking, okay, but there's no nutrients in fat, but fat is loaded with nutrients. And it also, in order to, uh, uptake a lot of the nutrients in your kale salad, you need to have fat in order to, um, process vitamin A, E, D, K, all of those fat soluble vitamins. So those are some of the things that I was scared of when I first started. Yeah. I think it comes back to that that idea that we've just been so misled to think that eating fat makes us fat. And, uh, you know, just a a general tone that I've been saying throughout this summit is the illiterate of the 21st century. They're not people who can't read and write. You know, most people in, in first world countries nowadays, and we can read and write. It's those who can't learn something realize it's not actually true or it's not serving us and then choose to unlearn it and then relearn something new. And so we've got to go through that process and realize I've got to delete out this old conditioning into my brain that fat makes me fat because the research says that's not the case. And so it's really the the carbohydrates, the elevations in blood sugar and insulin. That's what's causing these issues, these weight gain issues. And so those fats, like you said, create that level of satiety. They help turn on fat burning hormones. So we get a lot of benefits there. And you're right. Like if we get the right sources of fat, like grass-fed butter, for example, it's so rich in nutrients. Tons of fat-soluble vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, CLA, all the really good stuff. And so, you know, we want to make sure we're getting those nutrient-dense sources and fat really helps. And, you know, you throw avocados on a salad, increases the nutrient absorption of the salad like you were talking about. So, yeah, so powerful. And so what sort of precautions? So now, you know, women are listening to this and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm really being persuaded to start on this ketogenic approach. What sort of precautions should they take as they get going with this? You bet. So first off, if you're pregnant or planning to be pregnant, chat with your doctor before you get started with keto. Um, if you have adrenal dysfunction or if you have disordered eating patterns or perhaps you have a history of an eating disorder, I would take more of a gentler approach and just start increasing your fat slowly, play around with what carbohydrates are and slowly decreasing it because we don't want to have an episode yeah. or anything like that. Um, So some challenges and some things to keep in mind because you are a woman trying keto 
is that depending on how many carbohydrates you eat and kind of your metabolic state, you're probably going to deal with something called keto flu. And it can throw a lot of people off if they just think, tomorrow I'm going to eat all of the fat and reduce my carbs. And then the next day you feel like hot garbage and you're like, that Leanne woman, she crazy. (laughs) So be aware that there's a thing called a keto flu. And really what this is, is on like day two, three, four, maybe of eating keto, you might wake up and feel almost like you have the flu or a cold or you're just sore and tired. And this is very much like a detox of your body of just switching over to fat burning mode. Um, What I would recommend so that you don't experience this is have Himalayan rock salt or sea salt with all of your meals, add it to your water. Um, I really enjoy adding it to water with a little bit of fresh lemon juice and just drinking that throughout the day. I call it keto lemonade. Um, Bone broth is really great for this. So If you make bone broth, great. If you don't, my personal favorite is kettle and fire. They're awesome and they come in little tetra packs and you just heat it up and go. Um, If it gets really bad, perhaps maybe play around with exogenous ketones, maybe. Um, But just know that this is going to happen and the best way to um, eliminate the chance is to focus on nutrient density, uh, foods that have a lot of electrolytes. So your leafy greens and avocado, a little bit of dark chocolate, um, and focus on the nutrient density of your food. Instead of thinking like I made the mistake of how little can I eat to be successful? It's how many nutrients can I possibly pack into this meal while maintaining a keto meal? And by just keeping that at the forefront of your mind without even tracking or anything that could be beneficial. Um, Instead of thinking, when I do keto, I'm sure you guys chat about intermittent fasting on this summit or people will hear about it. Don't think that day one that you start keto, you should also be fasting. Fasting, in my personal opinion, as a woman should just be, oh, shoot, I didn't eat all day. Cool. I guess I'll have dinner now. Not forcing yourself to go another hour to go another hour if you're hungry. And you might experience sleep issues and we're going to chat about sleep issues and carb ups probably in a couple of seconds and to avoid constipation, make sure you're drinking a lot of water. Again, if you're focusing on the nutrient density of your food, um, you shouldn't have a problem with fiber. If, if fiber is an issue for you, things like, um, dark leafy greens, um, flax, nuts, seeds, those sorts of things. And I personally really enjoy magnesium oxide when you first get started on keto, just to like keep things moving. So those are some of the things that I notice that women struggle with over and over and over and over. Oh, and hunger. You're probably going to be probably more hungry because as you adapt, a lot of women um, crave more carbohydrates or just are hungry. It's up to you to decide if you want to kind of push through the hunger or just have fat. So if you're hungry, just grab a spoonful of nut butter or grab some coconut butter or have a little slice of butter with some salt on it just to reiterate that when we're hungry, we eat fat and it should go away in a couple of days. Yeah, those are really, really great tips, Leanne. And my wife actually is pregnant right now. And so she's not doing keto while she's pregnant, but she's doing lower carb in general, you know? So it's like lower carb, a little bit higher protein, um, getting carbs from healthy sources. And so I know we're going to talk about that in a minute. So yeah, we don't want to recommend it when women are pregnant because keto is a fasting mimicking diet. And so you know, while a woman is pregnant, we want her body to realize, hey, it's in a time of abundance, right? Where there's nutrient uh, resources are, are highly available, which is a great time to you know, bring a child into the, uh, onto the uh, planet. So we want to teach the body that. But you know what? After she's finished with that, done breastfeeding, okay, going through those periods of time where you know, the body thinks we're in the, kind of this famine, even though you know, the nice thing about keto is we can still be eating on a daily basis, if not you know, multiple times a day and, and get that experience. Um, and that's great for all the reasons she already talked about, stabilizing insulin, reducing inflammation in the body, all these great benefits. So um, that's, a, that's another you know, big thing for women to know is I don't recommend it off the bat or at least not making it a goal um, while a woman's pregnant or breastfeeding. Although I would recommend 
somewhat similar nutrition plans as far as lower carbohydrate than, you know, a lot lower than typical American diet um, and rotating in, in the right sources, nutrient dense sources of carbs. And so um, as women are, you know, doing this and they're going lower carb and following your suggestions there, what are some signs that they may need a carb up? I know you're big on that cycling out of ketosis and, and getting some healthy carbs. And what are some, some signals that they may realize that that's necessary? Yeah. So if you've been eating low carb for quite some time or ketogenic for quite some time, some signs that uh, you definitely need to adjust your carbohydrate intake is when you're hungry every morning. That's a big one. Um, that's just your leptin and ghrelin being imbalanced. And it's something that can happen on a ketogenic diet. Um, poor sleep quality. So if you've gone more than two days having a hard time falling asleep, staying asleep, and this is a new thing to you, um, if you are carb binging, like if every week you just find yourself like face deep in a pizza, um, there's something happening there and it's not because you need more willpower. Um, if your hair is falling out, if you're getting like massive pins and needles, no matter how many electrolytes you eat, if your progress has been stalled for, I would say more than two weeks, these could be signs that you need an adjustment. And um, I would, you know, if I could speak to myself in those first six months, like I went six months struggling through losing a ton of hair and not wow. feeling optimal um, just because I was too stubborn to just have some carbs. And so what a carb up is, and there's many different ways to practice a cyclical ketogenic diet. Um, carb up is one of them, um, but you could also, I, I haven't had success with this, but some people um, do a whole day where all they eat is carbs. Other people do protein fasting where they do 15 grams of protein all day and eat all of the carbs and a little bit of fat. Um, so it really depends on your body, but where I find women flourish the best is once a week, maybe on a Friday, maybe on a Monday, whatever, just eat keto all day. And in the evening, have some carbs. So you take out the fat from your meal or most of it, and you put in carbs. So like a chicken breast with a sweet potato, a little bit of coconut oil and some greens. And if you were to make that meal keto, it would be, you know, chicken thighs wrapped in bacon with greens and skipping out on the sweet potato. So you're really just swapping out some food and putting in other food. And this can be really great. So for example, getting back to the pregnancy thing, if I were to get pregnant today right now, I would probably eat keto until about the second trimester and probably play around with these carb ups. Um, and that's only because I've been eating keto for three and a half years, but it really depends on where you've come from and where you are in your health state. Some people find that, um, women specifically, that they do great on one carb up a week. Other women require more. Some women require some right before um, their, they menstruate. Um, others require it right before they ovulate. Just really keeping mind of that. Um, one thing I will say, though, is uh, women that are in menopause actually do better with less carb ups usually. Um, and that's just because your hormones are changing. Um, you don't need as many carbs as say a woman in her, you know, that's 25. Uh, so I find depending on where you're at with your health status, if you have amenorrhea, a lack of period, I was eating carb ups every single night. Mm. And so my carb ups were smaller, but I was having them more often. Whereas now I have a carb up maybe every two weeks. So when I do have a carb up, it's a lot of carbs. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it, somewhat takes you out of ketosis a tiny, tiny bit. Usually I, I've played around with all different sorts of ways of doing this with a ton of different people. And what should happen is you have your carb up, say at 6 PM. And then right after, if you test your ketones, just don't do it because it'll be a waste of money. Um, but then the next morning you wake up, you'll probably not be hungry because that's your leptin resetting. And you'll probably be able to go pretty much all day without eating. Maybe you have a small lunch. And then after dinner, right before dinner, your ketones should be at the same place they were before your carb up 24 hours before. And that's how you know um, that you've had the right amount of carbs for your body. 
Guys, I just want to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite superfood chocolate powders. It's called Cacao Bliss. You see, cacao is unprocessed chocolate, and it is rich in neuroactive alkaloids that boost dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins. These are your feel-good neurotransmitters that really make you feel alive and well And it's also rich in polyphenols like EGCG, which we think about when we think of green tea. That helps protect your brain and your body from oxidative stress, helps you age more effectively and feel better than ever. And my favorite brand of cacao powder is Cacao Bliss because they use 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, which allows them to maintain their full integrity of powerful health benefits. They blend it with turmeric, one of the most powerful anti-inflammatory herbs on the planet. They put in MCT oil and coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper, and they sweeten it with monk fruit, which is an all natural sweetener that does not impact your blood sugar. And those compounds like cinnamon, MCT oil, really help stabilize your blood sugar. So this is a fantastic powder. You can put in almond milk, coconut milk, you can put it in your protein shakes. You can use it for baking if you're making chocolate muffins or a chocolate cake or making a chocolate protein shake like I do almost every single day. This is a fantastic mix to throw in there. It's gonna help enhance your mood, your memory, and your mindset, and really help you experience pure bliss. That's why they call it cacao bliss. So guys, if you are a chocolate lover, maybe a superfood enthusiast, or just someone who wants to experience life at a higher level, I invite you to try out cacao bliss today. If you go to the website, Earth echofoods.com forward slash David Jockers. Let me spell that for you. E-A-R-T-H-E-C-H-O-F-O-O-D-S.com forward slash David Jockers. Use the coupon code David at checkout to get 15% off of the Cacao Bliss. And this is a low carb, gluten-free, GMO-free, vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly superfood powder that you will love. So try that out today. Again, use the coupon code David at checkout, earthechofoods.com forward slash David Jockers. Use the coupon code David to get 15% off today. That is great. That's really great information. And I like how you do it in the evening. And we know the body is more insulin sensitive in the evening. So adding in those carbs for your evening meal is going to be more effective. Your body's going to be able to basically take that sugar out of the bloodstream, use less insulin in the process, which is key for keeping some level of ketones basically available, reducing inflammation in the body. So that's, that's a fantastic strategy. And usually we always, you know, I'm not a fan of like somebody going out and just doing a bunch of junk food, right? When they yeah. do carb up, right? Which I'm sure you are as well. We want to yeah. do nutrient dense sources like carrots, beets, sweet potatoes, right? What else do you like for, for carving up? Plantains, yeah. cassava. I am, yep. I love plantains and cassava. And you know, if it's my birthday, yeah, I'll be having grains and I'll yeah. pay for it. And it's a conscious choice that I make. <laughs> Yep. Like, I'm going to have a birthday cake. It has grains in it. Probably not yeah. going to feel the best tomorrow. But mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, great for special occasions. But yeah. you're right. Like, the more nutrient density, the better. Sweet potatoes and all different types yeah. of sweet potatoes, like the purple yeah. ones, the white ones, you know, and just having fun with that. And you may find, you know, we're talking a lot about starches, but there are some women that actually do better on fruits yes. instead. Um, and you can play around with high sugar fruits, low sugar fruits, um, and kind of see what works best for you depending on where you're at. Um, I really like grilled apples. That's a really big one for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and just playing around with that and seeing which, which type of carb you resonate best with and know that it can change. (laughs) Yeah. So fruit, even sweeteners like honey. Yes. Yes. Good call honey in a, in a recipe as well to get that carb up. And I always like to do cinnamon. So cinnamon's great on sweet potatoes, really good on carrots. Like if you do, um, if you do steamed carrots or something along those lines, um, great on berries, on fruit, on any sort of dessert. And that's going to help improve your insulin sensitivity. So, you know, add in some cinnamon or do some sort of a cinnamon flavored type of uh, carb up can be really helpful as far as keeping that insulin under control, keeping inflammation under control, but still getting the benefits of that carb up. So brilliant. Totally. And something that a lot of people also get worried about is after your carb up, if say you had your carb up around 6 p.m. 
and right before bed, you're super hungry. Uh, a lot of people have success with having some sort of like fatty drink, maybe some mm. bone broth with a little bit of coconut oil blended in um, just to satiate themselves and get them prepared for bedtime. So if you find like you are starving before bed after a carb up, just play around with that. And maybe next time move your carb up to later. So you kind of sleep through that kerfuffle. So it can be yeah. a nice strategy to have. Yeah, that's great. And what do you think of adding maybe possibly a little bit more fat to the carb up meal, like a little bit of more butter or something like that? Would that be another option? I find that. that for men that yeah. works, yeah. but for women, it may not. Mm. So if you find like you're putting too much fat in your carb up and perhaps you're not having the results you want or you're not losing weight, because what should happen is a couple of days after a carb up, especially if you have a weight plateau, you should experience a whoosh. I don't know if a lot of people have heard of this, but basically it's you eat keto, you eat keto, and all of a sudden you wake up and you're like five to 10 pounds down. You're like, what happened? And that's really your body getting rid of a lot of the water weight. Um, so I find that especially if you want to experience a whoosh after your carb up, it can be beneficial not to combine the carbs with the fat. I've seen so many women um, do that for a while and then remove most of the fat, like keep it around 10 grams-ish. Yeah. Um, and then they experience a whoosh effect. So wow. just be mindful if it's not working, it might be the fat in your actual carb up, but even waiting a couple of hours and then having the fat somehow works. So that is really interesting. And I think it goes back to this idea of metabolic flexibility. Yeah. It's really helping the body be able to be flexible. And for the, for the most part, we want it running off of fat and ketones, but we want that ability to cycle, you know, out of ketosis, basically be really good at using these carbs and getting them into the cells and using them for energy. So they're not just sitting around in the bloodstream causing problems. Um, and while we're doing that, like you were saying, Hey, just keep the fat out. So it's just boom, you know, this big, this big massive spike of sugar basically is what the body's going to break the starch into. And now the body's going to deal with that stressor on the body. It's going to deal with it, but it's going to adapt to it. So yes. very fascinating, create greater flexibility. So the human be a human body. It's so absolutely so cool. <laughs> yeah. So cool. So let's talk about your favorite ketogenic foods. I'm going to limit you to five because I know we could talk all day long. A lot of people think there's not much left when you take out the carbs, when you keep protein, um, you know, at, at a certain moderate level, but there's actually a lot of great options. And so what are your, your five favorite? Okay. Bacon. <laughs> yeah. Um, love bacon. It's just important that you get a really good source, like pasture those sorts of things. Um, I really, really, really love grass fed, grass finished ground beef mm. in Canada. We call it regular ground beef, <laughs> but in the States, I think we call it 30% fat. I'm not, I'm not, I'm totally confused yeah. with how you guys name your meats. Um, but ground beef is awesome. I love low carb vegetables like cabbage and cucumbers, celery, zucchini, zucchini noodles, um, all really fun. I already mentioned bone broth. That's one of my go-tos. I blend that with fat or with bacon grease. Um, anything coconut, I'm really down with. I love coconut so much. I named my third dog coconut. <laughs> that is a real story. So coconut oil, coconut butter, coconut flakes, coconut yogurt. Um, my favorite yeah. coconut yogurt is um, Koyo. It's mostly on the West Coast, but it is so fatty and so good. Um, I also really enjoy MCT oil powder more than the oil. Um, so that's something that you could look into as well. What are also, I don't do a lot of nuts and seeds anymore just because I find that they're quite inflammatory to me. Um, but nuts and seeds are fair game. I would stay away from peanuts maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are kind of some of my favorites. I'm sure I missed a whole bunch. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally agree with, with those. I mean, those are great ones. And um, the zucchini noodles, what do you like to do with the zucchini noodles? A lot of people cook them. I really just enjoy them raw for the crunchiness. Probably yeah. my favorite way is to put them in a bowl with a ton of olive oil, a little bit of balsamic, and a little bit of nutritional yeast, and some salt, and just mix it up, put it on the base of a plate and put ground beef on it. And on my husband's, he'll get a bunch of walnuts on his and probably a dollop of mayo, but I'll yeah. just stick with that. Um, that's, awesome. that's probably my favorite for the crunchy factor, but you can yeah. also cook them, but I don't like them cooked. <laughs> yeah. We like pestos. We like to make okay. types of pestos and put those on. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Which is great. And we actually, uh, we've done, uh, 
we have a presentation in this summit on a plant-based or vegan ketogenic diet, right? Fun. Using a lot of pestos and things like that with zucchini noodles and stuff. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of options and uh, your book really is really helpful for that. So again, uh, the keto diet, the complete guide to a high fat diet. So you've got 125 delectable recipes in here. So what are some of your favorite recipes in your book? This answer changes every time I get asked this question. <laughs> um, okay, uh, chicken pot pie. It's a really good one. It has like a coconut flour crumble. It's delicious and the whole family can love it whether they're keto or not. Marshmallows, love me some snacking marshmallows. It's just a new way of eating gelatin because mm -hmm. those gummies can get super boring. Yeah. Um, bacon fudge. I always find like I have so much bacon grease left over from eating so much bacon, right. but it's basically a mixture of um, bacon grease, cacao butter, the fat from chocolate and cacao powder, like just cocoa powder. They also call it, um, and any type of sweetener. I've gotten a little bit hardcore that I don't even use the sweetener, but if you want like stevia, monk fruit, anything's fair game. Um, herb crusted pork chops. I really like too, because they use pork rinds as the crust and they get quite crispy and delicious. Um, oh, and, um, if you have a Vitamix or like a powerful blender, there's a recipe for keto coladas and it uses a little bit of rum and a lot of coconut milk and it is so good. I make those for friends all the time and they're like, sorry, what? This is keto? And it's really fun. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, you were talking about how you named your dog uh, coconut. So actually, when I first started my practice, I was doing health talks all the time. And uh, I was constantly, I would do shopping tours as well. And so I was pointing out all the coconut products and just get, I would get so excited naturally when I talked about coconut fat and coconut products. So my patients nicknamed me Dr. Coconut. Amazing. So still have that <laughs> nickname to this day. So you know what? Can't go wrong there, right? Just getting yeah. a lot of that coconut fat, coconut milk, coconut butter. You can do a lot with coconut butter. Um, and so that chicken pot pie you said you made with coconut flour. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just coconut yep. flour and oil and you mix it up and yeah. then you just crumble it over top of the, the chicken, like mm. the chicken mix. And I do a keto that's dairy free because I find that yeah. um, dairy is just so inflammatory mm. for so many people and actually stalls yep. the progress on keto. So in that recipe, I think I used a cauliflower cream base, which is just blended yeah. cauliflower. And it actually tastes quite similar to like mushroom soup. So you can get right. away with it in that recipe. Right. And so you're really applying, hey, more of an elimination diet based keto program, which can be really good, especially for people with autoimmune, leaky yeah. gut issues, right? Taking out, like you were saying, hey, some of the nuts and seeds for some people, some people do great with them. Some yeah. people, they can be a little bit more inflammatory, like you were talking about for yourself. Um, sometimes dairy can be an issue for a lot of people. So um, so yeah, so providing a lot of resources so people understand, hey, you know what, you can actually eliminate some of these foods you're sensitive to and still follow a ketogenic diet mm -hmm. and consume all these amazing recipes. So yep, and yeah, if you really, can do the dairy, just add the dairy in. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's I find it's more challenging to remove the dairy when you're not in that headspace. But right. if you can do dairy, use dairy yeah. in the chicken pot pie. But here's an option yep. on how to do it without, and it still tastes great. Yeah, and I find that most people, even people that have a sensitivity to dairy, do pretty well with ghee. If somebody has an allergy, like they have, you know, their lips start swelling after they consume it, let's not even try, right? But Yeah, I am that person. <laughs> yeah, oh, really, really, yep. So I yeah. found most people that just don't feel as good, they have kind of a delayed onset uh, sensitivity, they do well with ghee because it's free of the casein, lactose, whey. Yes. It's got, you know, just microscopic amounts. And so for most of those people, they do fine. But again, you know, if you do have an allergy, like you were saying, Hey, then, then definitely, you'll definitely want to avoid that. Yeah. Um, and so coconut flour, what are your thoughts on baking with coconut flour? Because, you know, for a lot of people, they, they get confused because oftentimes when you're baking with coconut flour, you need a lot more liquid, whether it's like coconut yeah. or eggs, extra eggs, right? So when people look at your recipes, they're like, are you serious? I need you want 12 eggs? 12 eggs? <laughs> 12? Are you sure about that? Yeah. Are you sure you didn't need one or two? Um, right. Yeah, I remember the first time that I bought a bag of coconut flour and I played around with it as a gluten-free baker when I was still doing 
the grain thing. I thought it was the weirdest flour and I would use it to dry out recipes when I had added too much liquid because one tablespoon is all you need to just yeah. like soak up all, all the liquid. So it can be interesting to play around with. Um, as somebody, you know, and now I'm finding I'm pretty sensitive to eggs and I am very much taking an autoimmune approach to keto yeah. at this point for myself personally. Um, coconut flour does really well with coconut oil or yeah. bacon grease or those sorts of things. It really, really needs fat in order to hydrate yeah. it. So if you don't want to spend $6 on 12 eggs for one recipe, play around with adding more fat in order to hydrate the coconut oil as opposed to adding eggs um, which gets really expensive. Like when you look through some of those paleo recipes or even keto recipes that use coconut flour and it's like, that recipe is going to cost me $9 just on the eggs. That's not okay. Yeah. Um, I really like to use coconut flour. Um, I've been playing around with this recipe with coconut flour, water, and bacon grease to make like little flat cracker pancakes in the, in the grill. And that's really fun just as like something on the side to like scoop up things um, you could also use like lettuce wraps, but yeah, coconut flour, when you first get it, don't treat it like other flours. I prefer it over almond because uh, almond is really high in a lot of things that might irritate your gut if you do have gut issues um, and can also be quite expensive for how much you need to use. So yeah, I'm a fan of coconut flour, but it does take some getting used to. Yeah, it's definitely an art to use it. And so I know you had mentioned that you're, you're moving towards not using any sweeteners. Of course, we you know stevia and monk fruit are, are probably the best natural sweeteners. And so what was your transition there? Were you at first using a lot of, a lot of sweeteners and then you started transitioning out? Yeah. When I first started keto, I was right before it. I would say when I calculated out my carbohydrates, I was sitting around 370 grams of carbs a day before wow. I started keto. And much of that was like honey, maple syrup. I mean, I was the girl that made the fruit bowls with honey on top. And I picked that up when I lived in India for a while. That's what they do. And uh, honey with fruit. And so that transition took me years. I'm going on three and a half years of eating keto. And when I first started keto, I used a lot of stevia. Monk fruit wasn't really big then. So it was yeah. mostly just stevia. Xylitol never really agreed with me. It always made my gut hurt and just, ugh, no, no thanks. Um, so I did stevia for a while. Um, when erythritol came out and got a lot more popular, like swerve, I played around with that. I find because I'm sensitive to corn, um, yeah. I reacted to it a little bit, like I can get away with a little bit. And I did use it in the book because I find it's a lot more accessible to a lot of people. Yep. Um, but my favorite right now is monk fruit. It yeah. tastes like there's no weird aftertaste like stevia can have. Um, with stevia, my favorite brand is um, Now Foods. They have a stevia glycerin glycinate um, drops that are probably the best for liquid. Uh, the monk fruit drops, I don't really like as much. They have sort of a metallic taste, mm. but the monk fruit powder, like the golden or the regular yeah. white, I mean, are you sure this isn't sugar? <laughs> are we sure? But now I've kind of gotten to the point, like as your taste buds change and you know, if I eat, um, what did I have the other day? Oh, it was like really, really green kale. Like it was just, I got it at the market. It was so beautiful and I cooked it and I found it to be sweet. I'm like, what wow. is wrong with me? This is kale, <laughs> right? So your, your tastes change and now I can have my fatty coffees. I prefer it without yeah. any sweetener. So it's just an, an evolving piece. But if you start keto tomorrow and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to remove all sweeteners too. Mm like baby step it. But I find the, the more I get into keto, the less I need the sweeteners and the less I crave the sweeteners. So it's sort of like, you also have to kind of pick away at it knowing that likely I've seen that the less people eat of these sweeteners, the less they crave sugar in general. So that's just kind of been my process with it all. Well, that is good. That's really good information. You know, for me personally, I, I do really well with stevia. Monk fruit, I do well with as well. I know some people, stevia is in the ragweed families. For some people, they can have a little sensitivity to it. Sugar alcohols, I just, they do not agree with me um, at all. So I, I personally try to avoid sugar alcohols. What I found is that if you have a history of irritable bowel like I do, then sugar alcohols most likely are not going to work well for you. So, yeah. you know, look to do more stevia or monk fruit if you're going to use it. If you don't have that history, if you haven't had digestive issues, 
those people seem to be great with, with sugar alcohols. That's, that's been my experience with it. And uh, so for me, I, I enjoy having some sweet stuff flavored with stevia, um, you know, from time to time and uh, enjoy it. But you're right. It can definitely go downhill quickly right? Where uh-huh. <laughs> you get massive cravings if you, uh, if you're overdoing it. So, um, so you do need to, to do it with a disciplined approach, like you were saying. And so Leanne, this has been such a great interview. And I really hope that it gave the women out there that are listening a lot of confidence that they can get started on a ketogenic lifestyle and doing it appropriately, carving up when necessary, kind of transitioning into it properly. And uh, do you have any last words of wisdom and inspiration and also share with our viewers really how they can connect more with you? Yeah, you bet. So, um, you know, I think when you first start the ketogenic diet, it can be really easy to start comparing yourself to others when you start any diet or when you adjust anything. But I would just say, if you're looking at starting it, um, something you may want to look at is um, joining a community where you're around like-minded people. Um, I made the mistake of getting into communities that made me feel guilty about the choices I was making. So if you can find a community, um, you know, even like Healthful Pursuit, where you know we really encourage you to listen to your body, and this is a great opportunity when you eat keto. It's this magical thing, and you won't realize it until you're there. But when you eat enough fat, all of a sudden your brain changes, your mood changes, you're able to handle different things, and it becomes so much easier to take a second to understand what your body needs and to listen to those feedbacks. Like if you're bloated, what does that mean? And how can that, you know, how can we change that? And it just allows more space to listen to your body. So this is such an amazing practice that not only will make you feel good inside and out, but also allow you to connect to your body more. And if that's something you always been curious about, but you're not even sure how to grasp it. It can be um, quite easily achieved on a ketogenic diet and being part of a community that supports that growth and allows you to, you know, talk about the fact that you had carrots with cinnamon in the evening. And they're like, wow, why did you do that? How did you feel? Instead of that's not keto, get out of our group, you know, that can be beneficial as well. So that's kind of what I would have to say. And then if you want more from me, you can go to healthfulpursuit.com. My book also has a website called the um, ketodietbook.com. So if you're curious about learning more about the book, there's a video there that kind of explains it. I'm on Instagram, healthful pursuit. And yeah, that's all the things. Well, thanks again, Leanne. And definitely go out and check out Leanne's stuff. She has great content. I know I tune into her podcast and she's got a fantastic YouTube channel as well. And just probably the best, I was telling her before this interview, the best, I have everybody's keto book. And and so she's got the best one out there. So I absolutely love it. So thanks again, Leanne. And you know, if you, the viewer, are are getting value out of interviews like this with Leanne, then I want to invite you to consider owning the entire Keto Edge Summit for yourself. That way you get access to all of the interviews with all the experts, the transcripts, all the bonuses, the research, everything that we put together um, to help you navigate your ketogenic journey and improve your brain and your body and achieve your health goals. So if you do that, we would be truly honored and God bless you. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.